Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. I'm glad you've joined me for this episode of The Real Deal Podcast. We have another buddy time with my girlfriend, Gail Novak. The fun thing is she was able to be with me and we addressed a live audience. It was so much fun. And so today's episode, you will be listening in to what we shared with that audience. I think you're going to be blessed. I'm so glad she was able to be with me. Also, I just wanted to invite you, if you haven't been to Israel, I hope that you get to do that one day. Maybe you want to join me and my husband, Michael. We're leading a tour this March, March 18th through 28th. 2020. There's still time for you to sign up. We're calling it the Encounter Tour. Less than a full study tour where you have to read all of Joshua before we get to Jericho, but definitely more than just a bucket list trip where you get on and off the bus. We're going to encounter each other, encounter the Holy Land, and encounter Holy Spirit. So it's the Encounter Tour. There's still time for you to sign up. Contact me, Rachel at rachelinaway.org. Rachel at rachelinaway.org if you'd like more information. I sure hope you'll join. I used to think that I went to speaking engagements, mm. and then a little further in the process of speaking to audiences, I realized I went to divine appointments, and it changed my paradigm of how I went before an audience, because I really believe that we are here today, because God has you in this room, and us in this room on purpose, and so we, we're really grateful to be here, and I think it's a divine appointment, and I think God has just wants to encourage you today. You women are amazing. Can you say on the count of three, I'm amazing? One, two, three. I'm amazing. Okay, now here's what's going to be easier for you. Turn to your friend on the count of three and say, you're amazing. One, two, three. Yeah, that's louder. <laughs> Do you see how much louder that was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was louder because you believe it about somebody else. But now I want you on the count of three to say, I'm amazing because you're made in God's image. One, two, three. I'm amazing. Yeah, that's true. It, you're amazing, Gail. Okay. Okay. So um, one of the things we thought we would talk about today is friendship and our friendship and kind of how it formed and... Um, Gail is just a catalyst for movement in my life and in so many people's lives. You know, when somebody kind of helps you get either unstuck or see something differently, you move ahead. And we just do this by verbal diarrhea, basically, right? Are you saying I'm pushy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we just dialogue, and then she'll be like, well, you need to get this done, or you you better do that, or whatever. We kind of want to do a little bit of that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then what else is your heart for today? Do you have a thought? Um... Yeah, I have a couple thoughts. One of them is talking about friendship and how to develop friendships that are deep and long-lasting. I've moved 14 times in 25 years, and we're not in the military. And I knew that sometimes I would be in a place for a year or two or five, and I knew that I didn't want to waste time. And I knew that I needed community Yeah. because we are better together. Amen. We are better together. And I knew that some people, when I would walk into a, a new environment or a new city, I went to Mops, so um, I, I went here. I came here because I lived here, and now I live in Dallas. But my heart is for women to have deep community because mm-hmm. we need each other. We need each other to help each other come alongside when our kids are struggling, when our marriages have tension, when we and to celebrate us when we're like doing yeah. really well yeah. too. Yes, yeah. and to um, come alongside. 
And I remember um, many moves ago, I asked the Lord to highlight people that he wanted me to connect with. And two of them are in the back of the room back there hiding now because I just pointed them out. Dear, dear heart friends from 20 years ago. And I was like, okay, okay, that's so good. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to move towards that. I'm going to open up my heart. I'm going to trust. I'm going to put myself out there and take chances. And, and look, 20 years later, I have these deep friends that I came back to visit and through, and through that group of friends, Rachel and I met. Yep. Do you want to tell about Elizabeth? Sure. Go ahead. So, uh, I have a friend that is my first friend after we both got married. You know how that's different than when you're single? And so Elizabeth is a friend that lives in Heartland, and she lived in the Chicagoland area the same time I did. Then they moved to Boston while we moved to Minneapolis. Then they came to Wisconsin, and we came to Wisconsin a year later. So for the entire marriage that I've been married 34 years, I've known my friend Elizabeth. And, you know, friends are an important investment in your life, but friends that can share friends, Mm -hmm. that's a rare treasure. And Elizabeth shared Gail with me mm-hmm. and wasn't like, well, if you know Gail, then I'm not going to be able to be friends with you, Rachel. Do you know what I mean? It's like this weird, like we're sandbox toys. We can get a little possessive and, and not want to share our friends. Yeah. And she shared Gail with me, but Gail is, because of all the moves, I think it's part of it. Maybe mm-hmm. you can speak to that. But she's an immediate connector. Mm-hmm. She's an immediate connector. So you either know whether you're a connector or not, but I would just challenge you to be somebody who's willing to share your friends because the other person if they become friends with your friend they aren't going to take your friend they're just going to enrich your relationship because every person is brought into our life for a reason i really believe it in uh, the book lily pads that i have back there i wrote a chapter on a reason a season or a lifetime and i think elizabeth will be in my life for a lifetime you know she came into my life for a reason i was just newly married she's been there through seasons that have been hard and I just went to her third daughter's wedding, and we were there together. Mm-hmm. And so some people are lifers, and Elizabeth is a lifer for me. And we don't even see each other very often, and she lives in Heartland. But you know when you know somebody would be there if you had to call? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And so Gail is an immediate connector. And at your table, there's somebody that's an immediate connector. Mm-hmm. Get to know her. <laughs> Get to know her and then be glad that she will connect you with other people. Mm-hmm. Are you guys probably too young to know what Tinker Toys are? Do you know what Tinker Toys are? They were like in a... Okay, okay. I wasn't trying to be, you know, a soul... You know, but they're like a cylinder tube with all these little pieces. They're not Legos, but they, they build all and they make these scaffolding type things. And then there's these orange pieces that you, in my box or container, they were orange. The orange pieces hold all the long pieces that are doll rods together. And uh, Gail is that type of a person. She's just somebody that goes, oh. And I I remember going to your house, and I was, like, so looking forward to seeing Gail. And she's like, I just need you to meet my friend Eileen because she's now homeschooling. Okay, bye. And she leaves (laughs) us. (laughs) And so then I'm chatting with Eileen. Mm -hmm. But guess what? That morning I was richer because I met Eileen Moores, Mm -hmm. and I also knew Gail. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? So be, be a connector because on the other side of it, there's some richness for all of you. There yeah. really is. Yeah. So Elizabeth is a dear friend to you. Yep. Tell what she said one time. Remember about how levels and maybe Tell me. being included or not included or invited. Oh, or yeah. I, so we lived in a neighborhood, and all of our kids, it was girl-heavy. I have three girls and a son, and he played with all these little girls his whole life. But she would have different couples over for dinner. And at first I was like, 
Oh, my mind's not included. We're fun. And, and I, first of all, I was a little hurt. My feelings were a little hurt that she was going to have Linda and Jim over for dinner. And then she looked at me and she goes, I'm going to pour into Linda and Jim. We're going to connect tonight. And another night, it'll be your turn. And it wasn't manipulative. It wasn't excluding. It wasn't, it really grew me that I could actually have friends and then also know that if I wasn't included in something, she still loved me. And there would be a time when we would just have them over. And I think we can get really insecure. And then we can get really like, almost like choking of, mm-hmm. of relationships mm-hmm. because we're so afraid of losing them. And I would just encourage you that if you want, you can build a, she, she did a reset in my brain. It taught me something that she could have people over and not include me at that event and that I was going to be okay. And another time she was going to have our family over. And I just, I just want to stretch you and encourage you that that's a possibility for all of you to do that and not feel um, abandoned, rejected, excluded, and that you could have people over and not have everyone over. And so I have a mentor, a mentee. She's 32. She's a young mom. And sometimes I think I'm like 38, but really I'm 55. And, and I'm like, oh, I think I'm so cool. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so old. But I, I, um, she sits in the chair and, and she, she just is like, I don't know how to parent my four-year-old and my two-year-old. Help me. And how do I pick a preschool? And I'm like, oh, those are, those are really big questions for this young mom. And she said, she has two boys. And she said, my, my friends that have all girls are doing play dates without me. And it hurt her heart because the girls wanted to do something different than maybe what she thought the boys would. But I reassured her that that doesn't mean that they don't love you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're not going to have play dates together. It doesn't mean that you're not going to connect. And, and don't let your insecurity and lies from the enemy mm-hmm. tell you that you're not important or that you're going to be on the out or because you didn't have a girl. And so, I don't know. I'm just addressing insecurity this morning because I, I just believe it is one of the biggest thieves of our joy and our peace and of our relationships. Yep. And if we walk in insecure, people can feel it. Yep. And so I have another friend whose son, he's precious, he's a dad now, but he walks into the room as if everybody likes him. And he's so, and he just has joy and he just walks in like, he just assumes everybody likes him and kind of bounces in like Tigger. And I'm like, I love that. I want to be more like that and not be like, oh, I'm thinking, oh, what, she doesn't like my scarf or she doesn't like my hair or, you know, and. I don't know, I just want you to fully show up and not let insecurity in your friendships or in your relationships or with your neighbors or even around this table today mm-hmm. that you would be able to be like, I'm going to assume everybody likes me and that, I'm, that I have value. I have tremendous value. Amen. Because you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, track with me here. I believe our beginning point determines our ending point. Okay, track with me. I believe our beginning point in our thought process determines our ending point. So let me tell you what I mean. If you start with, you know, nobody likes me, all day long, you will collect information to uh, to corroborate and, and validate it. Validate mm-hmm. that premise. Nobody likes me. You know, she didn't even say hi. She could have been trying to get her kids out of the car. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, and then they didn't, and he didn't, and I remember that. And you will because it's your starting point. 
But if you start with, I am loved and welcome here, mm-hmm. the minute somebody says hi, you're like, oh, see, I'm loved and welcome here. And then when you, you know, ask somebody, could you hold their baby for a second? Or, you will collect information because your starting point determines your ending point. It mm-hmm. really does. And so you are loved and valuable, and you're loved in this room. Mm-hmm. And by the way, when Gail mentioned those years ago when she asked God to highlight women, mm-hmm. Do you realize he knows who you are because he wired you, and he knows who you need because he wired them? Mm-hmm. And so he's really good at doing a matchup. Mm-hmm. He, he's better than online dating. You know, like he, <laughs> he, he's really good. And he goes, you know what Rachel needs today? She needs an encourager in her life. Mm-hmm. And he sent me Dana and Gail. Do you see what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. So it's important when I say highlight, seriously, who you sit by, when you're standing in the line, who you just go, oh, I like this person. It's from God. And trust that the Holy Spirit is doing some matchmaking. Now, it doesn't give you the answer to say to somebody, you know, God didn't highlight you to me. And so, (laughs) run along, lady. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But just pay attention to it. Because God connects us to people. And also, I would say reach out. Be vulnerable and reach out. Do you want to tell about when you were... sandwiches? Yes. Okay. I think if you heard the podcast, this is just one of my favorite things about just reaching out. So we had moved to St. Louis, and I had two little ones, and my husband traveled two weeks at a time. And I was very performance-based and thought that I couldn't have anybody over to my home until it was perfectly decorated. And I made the perfect meal and had fresh scones that I made and pour over coffee and all of that. And and I had a two-year-old, a new baby, and, and, and husband yeah. wasn't around. And co-worker's wife, my husband's co wife, coworker, bah, whatever. She reached out to me and she goes, Hey, pack up your kids and come over. My house is trashed. The bathroom smells a little like tinkle. And all I have is salami and a can of tomato soup. And I was like, I'll be right over. <laughs> I was out the door like, all right, we're out of here. And it was the best salami sandwich I'd ever had. Yeah. And it was it was so freeing because it, it made it took down the pressure for the next time when I had her over that I didn't have to have it all clean and perfect and I didn't have to look a certain way and I didn't we have been friends since I don't know, twenty eight years because she took a risk, called me up and invited she had nothing in her fridge. <laughs> her husband traveled too and she had not made it to the grocery store with her three little ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was precious. Yeah. And it set the bar like kinda low. So I could meet that. <laughs> and there was no pressure to have to perform. Yeah. It was so freeing. It's so freeing. So we talk about salami sandwiches yeah. with great endearment. Yes, but, we do. Mm-hmm. So would you raise your hand if you've ever felt like you can't have anyone over? Yeah. So mm-hmm. to look around. I know yeah. the story about salami sandwiches. And as I'm leaving today, my house, I'm like, oh, I should make my bed because Gail's coming over today. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, she loves me whether my bed is made. By the way, I usually make my bed. But do you know what I'm saying? So I want to give you an acronym, CHAOS. Can't have anyone over syndrome. C-H-A-O-S, CHAOS, okay? <laughs> By the way, I didn't spell well. <laughs> Yay for spell check. Oh God um, so, so chaos is can't have anyone over syndrome. So if mm. you can't have anyone over because until it's perfect, you won't have anyone over. Do you realize you're actually perpetuating your own loneliness? Mm. Because you can't have anyone over then. Mm-hmm. Because you're waiting for it to be 
perfect, right? And so just invite people into the chaos if there is chaos. And by the way, it's okay if you're on your game and you actually made banana bread and you have (laughs) orange juice. Do you see what I mean? It's not like salami sandwiches and you know, tomato soup are the only thing you can serve. We're saying, like, sometimes you're like, you should celebrate, too. Does that make sense? Like, you guys, I actually have my laundry done and have a moment for you to come over. Can you come over? Do you see what I mean? You should celebrate whether somebody is at the top of their game or whether they're in chaos. Does that make sense? Because then that gives uh, an umbrella of grace over everyone. And the minute an umbrella of grace is over everyone, everybody's shoulders just go down. Yeah. Like, ah, right? It's so... So wonderful. I want to tell you a story about the pressure that we can put on each other, intended or not intended. So years ago, in this building, I was part of a Bible study. And it was down in the prayer room, right off the main sanctuary. And it was called Soul Purpose. It was Wednesday mornings, and it was so great. And our group became really, really close. And we loved each other, and we were able to tell each other the truth, and we prayed for one another. And one time, my girlfriend, Jill... She raises her hand in the beginning. Like, we didn't raise our hands, but she raised her (laughs) hand. You know, like, I got something to say. And you're like, yes, Jill? And she said, I hate Wednesday mornings. They stress me out because I don't know what to wear. (laughs) And we're like, what? She goes, you guys all look so cute. You come with all your little clothes and you look so cute. And I hate Wednesday mornings. It stresses Mm. me out because I don't know what to wear. And we're like, okay, well, she's like being honest right now, right? So we, she said, I said, Jill, well, what do you want to do? I think next week should be sweat day. I think we should all show up in our sweats, okay? Now, Jill is just being honest. She wears scrubs all day long. She's a physical therapist. She doesn't like, like to get all cute. Do you get what I'm saying? She should be allowed to be her, right? And so Jill had raised her hand, so I go like this. <laughs> like, teacher, please call on me. And Colleen Sonderman says, yes, Rachel, why do you have your hand raised? I said, well, if next week is sweats week, if next Wednesday is going to be declared, everybody wear sweats. i got to be honest. I think mine, like, have rhinestones and stuff on. <laughs> I said, am I allowed to be me? Because I don't want to go buy sweats that I think look crummy because mine probably have rhinestones on. Do you get what I'm saying? So should somebody come with their T-shirt with, like, badgers on it and Rachel be able to come with her blingy sweatshirt? I say yes, because I don't think we're to compare. And I don't think we're to compete with one another. I think we're to celebrate each other because it makes us richer. You know, when you're making a recipe, the ingredients alone taste bad. Like, have you ever had just a scoop of cinnamon? Or you've t- tried to take some cumin, do you know what I mean, and just eat the cumin? Do you know what I mean? Or if you've even just had a cup of sugar, you would it would be horrible. Or if you put a big thing of butter on your tongue. I actually kind of like that. <laughs> but it's when it's all together that it makes the chocolate chip cookies or it makes Texas caviar with the cumin, whatever. Do you get what I'm saying? So we're better when we're together. But you do need to be individuals and be your ingredient. You know what I mean? And so it's it's really important that you know that because it frees everybody else up. Does that make sense? It's like everybody at your table is like, oh, she's being who she is, so now I feel like I can be who I am. That's a load off, right? It's a real load off. Okay, so along those lines or something different, what's on your heart? Uh, 
I just got reconnected with some friends that came in through, that were driving through Dallas, and um, she, she owns this amazing bra company that she created in her basement. And she said, can we get together? I want to see you. And I've seen her like four times in the last 25 years. But we, in West Bloomfield, when we lived in Michigan, we had backyards that all like connected. And our, we would look out the window. I had four kids under seven. There was I don't know, 20 kids between all of us. And we'd look out in the morning to see who was up because who's not a, who doesn't have one kid that's up at five rearing to go, you know, yeah. and you were like, oh my word. And we would literally get together at least once a week in our pajamas with Einstein bagels. And all the kids would be in their jammies and we talked about it just on Sunday when yeah. I was with these women. And I would encourage you to, and she, I said, so why did you reach out? And she said, because you're like family. And, and none of us in that neighborhood lived near family. I've never lived near family as a mom. I didn't have grandparents that could come over. Or we didn't celebrate birthdays with brothers and sisters and the cousins and right. all of that. So my family were my friends and their spouses and their kiddos. And um, so we would get together to celebrate everything. And, and we, we reminisced about bagels and pajamas and how great that season was. It encouraged us. It, it like, it lifted us up to get through our day and go back. Okay, got laundry, got to run errands, I got a little part-time job, whatever. Nothing's too small. I don't know. Be creative right. and, and have people over for bagels in your jammies. So I don't yeah. know. There's lots of things like that that have built friendships for me that have lasted the decades. Yeah. And you said earlier there are, there are friends that are just for a season. And we, when we moved to Texas, so my husband lost his job in 2009 after working with the same company for 26 years, and Michigan's economy tanked. And, and I said, I don't want to move somewhere where I don't know someone because I've done that so many times, and I've been a trooper, but I'm kind of tired. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up moving to Texas because I had a friend in Texas. And we packed up our van, our four teenagers, our dog, and drove to Texas with no job totally on faith because we felt like God was calling us there. And about a year later, I got cancer. And our kids were at this. We ended up putting them in a private school. We felt like we had moved them so many times, and we wanted them in a little a yeah. little cozy little nest because they were, I mean, they, they get a little triggered by the smell of cardboard boxes. I mean, let's be real. Any moving tape, yes. Sharpies, they're like, ah. So <laughs> it's real. And so there's, there's therapy for that. But um, so I got cancer. And this school and this community came around our family. Women I didn't know were picking up my kids and taking them to school. Um, someone put a cooler on our front porch. Someone did a meal train. Someone did a carrying bridge. And I just, because I was just like, uh, and I was so ill. And my family, someone came over and taught my kids how to do laundry. Love her. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Best thing ever. My 12-year-old son was doing his own laundry, and I'm like, score. <laughs> Stinky 12-year-old boy laundry. Right, right. But um, so... And then one woman, I remember looking out my front window. I don't know why I was just sitting there. And this one woman was running up my yard with a frozen turkey, a big frozen turkey <laughs> to put in the cooler. And she wanted to be anonymous. It was a sight. But she was running up, <laughs> drops, up drops it in, runs back. And I yeah. saw the little sticker of our school on the back of her car. And I'm like, yeah. oh, such community. Yeah. And one woman came over and decorated my room with um, scripture and RE words. Like, 
renew, rejuvenate, restore, even rest. It's not really an RE word, but it kind of is. Yeah. And and she decorated my room. And then when when I was healed and done with chemo and done with my surgeries, I didn't see her anymore because she was on to the next woman who had cancer. Yeah. And that was like wow. the call in her life. And wow. she was a she was a friend, a dear friend of mine for that season. And then she felt called to move on to the next woman in crisis. And so when you said reason mm-hmm. and season, I felt like yep. the cancer time for me was a reason and a season. And some of those people were there at that time. So if God nudges you to reach out for just a season to be with someone who's in crisis, who's marriage is in trouble, whose husband lost their job, who's moving, who's a kid's having an illness. I mean, there's a thousand things. Ask them how you can show up. Ask them how you can love and bless that family, even if it's just for a season. Amen. And I think sometimes you feel like, I don't have time because I, then I have to do it for my whole my life. And I don't have room in my in my like time and space and calendar to do that, but it really might just be for a reason or a season. Yeah. It's really good. So, okay. yeah. Or, Any, or bring a frozen turkey. I don't know. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> running, up the running up the thing. You know, even as Gail is sharing how everybody poured out their love toward her mm. during the time of cancer, uh, there may be a thought in your mind like, well, I wouldn't have those women for me. Mm. I'm really lonely. Mm-hmm. You know, that's for Gail. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know you're valuable. And in a time when you need it, God will bring people around. But that's why now is a time to foster relationships, not in a time of crisis, just in the mundane, the time of chaos where you feel like you can't have anyone over because you're actually making connections. And if you have loneliness, I want to tip it on its head for a minute because loneliness is not a bad thing. It's like the warning light on your car that needs oil. And you go, I could put duct tape over it and pretend I don't need oil or I can go get my oil change and get oil and the engine will keep running, right? Loneliness is actually, it's its calling you to deeper connection that God wants you to have. So it's kind of his, his good way of nudging you. And by the way, we live in a time, we've talked about this, yeah. that is more connected than ever. You can email, you can text, you can call, you can Facebook, you can Marco Polo, you can, you know, actually talk to somebody, you know, face to face. You can do all these ways. You can write them a mail letter in the mail, whatever, but we're more disconnected as a society than ever. Mm-hmm. And it's because we've told ourselves they don't want my phone call. They only want my text. They don't want me face to face. They only, you know, need me to get them on their calendar. Does this make sense? And so we've backpedaled so far because of some of the lies mm-hmm. that we're lonely. But if you are, someone else is too. Does that make sense? And so just get past it. One of the things that I have said to people is, how about Thursday? And that's a weird phrase, but I've said it to audiences, I've said it to women's groups, I've said it to my friends, and they go, what are you talking about? I said, you know how you always say, we should get together. Or you see somebody in the grocery store, or you see somebody in the halls here of church. We should do lunch. And you're like, let's do lunch, let's do coffee, let's get together. I said, the minute you have that thought, say, how about Thursday? And by the way, Thursday won't work. It probably won't work. But it'll get the ball rolling. It's initiation. It's initiation Mm -hmm. and it's intentionality. And you'll both get your calendars out and you'll both, you know, take your phone and you'll say, okay, Thursday doesn't work, but how about Saturday? How about, and then you'll have it on the calendar and you need to give permission to each other. Like, don't leave me hanging. But Mm -hmm. if an emergency comes up, we're going to still put it on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So if it gets bumped, you're not a bad person. You're not rejected. Don't let it feed into your insecurity, but put another date on there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because people need connection. Mm-hmm. There are so many one another's in scripture. 
Love one another. Pray for one another. Serve one another. Bless one another. Care for one another. Carry one another's burdens. You're supposed to carry your own load. Like, I don't call somebody and say, come do my laundry. Because I don't have cancer. And I'm, you got to I mean, you carry your own load. But when people are under a pile, you carry one another's burdens. And so when I started studying the one another's of scripture, I realized it's packed with one another's. But it also has an assumption that we would be together. Right? It's assuming there would be a one another. Not a solo sport of Rachel has to do everything on her own all the time. Does that make sense? So I just really challenge you to reach out. And when Gail mentioned the pajamas and bagels or PJs and bagels, we put that on your discussion mm-hmm. sheets. It may not be called that. Right? Yeah, it could be anything. But we want you to just think, what could you do? And even as a group, be okay if somebody else in your group, do you guys only meet every other week? Yeah. yeah. On the off week, maybe some people in your group meet. Does that make sense? Like, I still want to meet on a Wednesday morning. Can we do that? And and if three out of the seven meet, they didn't leave anybody out. Does that make sense? They're just meeting, again, to keep connected. And by the way, if you do meet and you ever shove someone else out, you got to come to me because I've got to talk to you. <laughs> okay, because that's just not right. You, you always extend, you always reach out, and you never make somebody else feel excluded. The minute somebody does this, like, no, 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 Rachel, you're not in our group. No, 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 you're not in our group. No, it's just the three of us. No, no, it's just the three of us. Not you. No, not you. The minute they do that little... You, have you ever felt that way? Who has felt that way? Women do that sometimes. Women it's do like, that. It's just us three. No, you can't. That'd be a fourth. Or it's just us four. Not you five. You know how they do that? The minute I feel that, I feel in my spirit that I've taken a piece of sidewalk chalk and I just make a bigger circle around Include me. Us. Pick me. And then I get in it and I'm like, nope, it's not. It's just the four of us now. We're all in here now. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Because I really believe we long to be together and it's important to reach out. So I love women. I get to speak to women all the time. I have a heart for women. Sometimes I'm mad at us. And I just need to correct us if we get like that. And I just want you to know, no, 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 no. That is not the spirit of God. The spirit of God is come. To me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, come, buy and drink. I have wine and and water that doesn't cost you anything. He's a come and an inviting type of a God. And so we reflect and we we do that. I think we need to teach our kids to do that too. Because I remember my little girls were outside and the windows were open and they're all playing in the streets. And there's a five-year-old little girl in the group and she's like, oh no, Hannah, you have to go home. You don't get to play with us today. And I was like, oh, not my Hannah. And I'm like, no, why can't we teach our kids to be inclusive? Mm -hmm. Why can't we teach them to not exclude, not push out, not think they're weird, not gossip, not slander? It starts young. It's like a little yucky thing that comes up out of them when they're little, and it it has to be trained away. It has to be not allowed because they'll be future women, and we want them to be inclusive and loving and kind and thoughtful and... Yeah. yeah, yep. And, and they'll see it when we do it, mm-hmm. right? They'll see it modeled. It's just mm-hmm. like my mom just, you know, talked to anybody and let anybody in her group and chatted with people. And we've talked about levels of friendship yeah. and then the amount of friendships. <laughs> you are going to be closer to some people. Mm-hmm. That's allowed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus calls 12 disciples, but then he's with three. If you read scriptures like Peter, James, and John, and Jesus, Peter, and James, and John, and Jesus. I mean, he was with and poured into fewer, but then he has 12 
and then he has the 72, and then he's with the multitudes. Does that make sense? So it's okay to have a few close friends, but I'm talking that you just don't say to them, to other people, you can never be in our group. Does that, am I making myself clear? Okay. okay. Uh, and then even with levels, you, you were telling me the other day, you know you're a dear friend to, to a friend. Like, so how, like, like, what if I think of you? Oh, what if, what if you think of me as your best friend, but I'm thinking I have someone from my childhood or I have another best friend. It doesn't mean that I have to talk to you any differently or treat you any different. I don't know. Is that where you're wanting to go? So I do a talk on, it's it's a rainbow of friendship. And my daughter do this rainbow where it's like the red and then it goes orange, yellow, and the purple's really tiny. And so she does circles of friendship and I do this rainbow and it's like the purple would be the Probably, Peter. probably Jesus and John, because I think he was his favorite. There you go. And then, and then, and then James and Peter, and then the twelve would maybe be green, and then yellow. And I used to spend my life as a girl raised to try to be perfect and perform, pleasing all the red people, because I wanted everybody to like me, and I wanted I was a chameleon, and I would whatever you need, I'll be. I'll, I'll change myself, I'll morph, I'll be that, and I'll be there for everybody. And then what was happening was I was actually not taking care of my family. I was not taking care of myself. I was not taking care of my husband. And I wasn't taking care of those close friends because I was so focused on the red. And I think we can have a lot of red friends, but those are going to be people like, hey, hug, high five, Christmas card, if you even do that anymore. Um, and, and, and that would be the red. And you can have a multitude of those. Those can be your 1,000 Facebook friends or your 500 followers on your Instagram posts that are so cute of your children. I mean, it's like, that's awesome, but you cannot spend all your time with them. You cannot pour into them. You cannot do regular day-to-day life with them. And so when I would ask God, I'm like, and again, reasons, the reasons, the seasons, and, and the reasons. Lifetime. Lifetime. Um, there are people in your life that, that will be, even for a season, could be your closest purple mm-hmm. friends because of where you live, season you're in. Where sporting you are events. in your marriage, yeah. sporting events. And so we, being at that private Christian school uh, for those two years, well, no, more years than that, I sat with the same people every week for basketball and wrestling and football. And, and then when my kids graduated, I didn't really see those friends anymore. And that was okay. But they were really important to me at the time. But they were a part of my rainbow. Mm-hmm. And I remember our friend Eileen Morris came up to me after this talk, and she goes, I don't need to be purple, but can I be green? (laughs) Yes. And I don't, and it's not, don't please don't walk away or let the enemy twist my words saying that I'm going to put you in a category. The whole point is how much time and energy we can invest in people. And so when I lived here, those two back there and this one and a few others were dear friends, but we were busy and we did life and we had kids. We wouldn't see each other very often. Then I moved away. And we set intentionality of getting together for girls' weekends. And I think our relationship grew so, well, it did, so deep and so strong and so wonderful because of those long weekends and being in our jammies and talking and praying over each other and our families and loving each other well and setting aside those four days. We'd be like, get the kids to school so we can go back in our jammies and have coffee all day. But that really developed the friendships and it took it to a deeper level. And you, you cannot be open with your heart and your story and all of your private things with the masses and because they're not going to hold it close to their heart and love you and pray over it as much as the people that are closer to your heart. Yeah, that's so good. So Jesus modeled it, and I think it's okay to have boundaries 
with the red and um, not feel like we have to do everything for them or be available all the time yeah, for them. That's so good. I had to learn those kind of boundaries being a coach because sometimes people would be like, I need to talk right now. And I'd be like, well, I'm with my family. So, right. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel Inouye, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right. Back to The Real Deal. So good. Yeah. So good. You know, when, when Gail gets together with Julie and Dana, these gals right here in the back, or when they travel down to Texas, I can see posts from them. And, of course, I want to be there because I love them. Mm -hmm. But I know that when I see them, I'm richer for the fact that they were all together with Gail. Does that, does that make mm -hmm. sense? Like, I get a residual effect of them being together instead of, like, well... That's great. Do you see what I mean? It's, it's, it's a richer thing to be like, how was Gail? What was going on? And then get to have coffee or be with one of them because of it. And, mm -hmm. and that's the way the connections of God are. They're, they're actually really, really beautiful. So we, we really just wanted to challenge you to not look at a friendship that's been going on for 20, 20 years. some years mm -hmm. and compare your life to ours mm -hmm. because it's had 20 years history. But we want it to spark a, that could be me in its inception stage or even mm -hmm. in this group. To, to this day, I still have a friend that lives down in Atlanta. She lived in Minneapolis the same time I did, but we started the mops at our church. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And for that, to be honest, she was like administrative and there was somebody else, and she was always like the table decorator person and then somebody else was the administrator and I was just like, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> you know, glad to have you. You know, that was my role. I didn't want to do any of those other things because I think I knew who I was, but I was a start there. And we are still friends to this day. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? We have... Our kids are at each other's weddings, and like God just has a way of putting people together. So I would, I really challenge you that this is a special time in your life, mm -hmm. and and to not let it blur or feel like you're too busy to know these people. Some of you in this room will not be here in the next two years. You will have moved away, and if you are connected now, you'll be richer because when so and so moves away, you had time in her life. Does that make sense? Or some of you are going to be here for a very long time, and you, you will be richer for enjoying your time together. So we just wanted to make sure you weren't comparing something, but mm -hmm. you were inspired by it, is, is our hope, that it would inspire you. We may have just a little bit of time. Uh, we wanted to pray over you, but did, did somebody have a burning question? Like, but, and not that we can answer it, but we could try. Does anybody have a question? Anything they want to ask. And say it loud enough, we maybe can repeat it, if everybody can't hear Okay. Yeah. I think it's okay to have a friend that you're telling things to because you're sharing your heart. That often is a, the thing with men. They're not as relational, and so you're his person. And I know I'm my husband's person. But I also have told him I need other people more than you need other people. And so it's important for me to get together with them. But I don't think I would say to my husband, Michael, well, you know, I told so-and-so, but I'm not talking to you about it. You, you, you know, I know you're not saying that, but... Um, I would actually pray that God would connect you to him mm -hmm. to let you connect in intimacy, physical for sure, but definitely able to share with him the things. And then if there is a depth that the friend has, go give it to her. But never to create a wedge in your marriage, though. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Like, oh, yeah. As long as it's protecting your marriage, that is your first relationship. And the other one probably exists because it's been longer than you've been married. And so just realize it's the history that made it feel so safe. But he, he's still your safe person. I kind of, that's kind of a convoluted answer, but 
does that make sense at all? Do you have a thought? I would say that was me and had a best friend and went to her with everything. And she was my safe place. And my hope for you would be that if, if the reason you're not sharing it with him is fear, that you would go into prayer and face that fear or even tell him. Like, that's scary, too. Like, I'm even scared to tell you these things. Um, or if there's something deeper than that, maybe some counseling sessions would be helpful. But um, I do think we're always going to have girlfriends that we share things with um, because the girlfriends want every detail. They want to know what you wore, what you felt. like. And sometimes the, the guys are like, Give me, the, the give me the bottom, you know, what What do you need me to do? And sometimes you might need to say, I just need you to listen. I just need to share my heart with you. I feel really vulnerable. I'm feeling a little nervous. And I just want you. And you can try it with little things. And as time goes on, you might be willing to share bigger things or scarier things or more heart things. So my hope would be that you would take that chance and not ice, not ice him out from those things. Um or get all of your needs met from your girlfriend. And you're kind of, you kind of are like, okay, am I, am I always choosing my girlfriend? Because that was a huge, that's been a huge part of my 31-year marriage. And, and it can create a wedge, even it though can, it wasn't intended mm-hmm. to. And I think the other thing is, my, I, think, I think it made my husband lazy. And he, he, he was sitting here, you'd agree. He's like, she's set. She's good. She's an independent woman. She's getting her needs met. I can do my job or whatever, and I think he actually like kind of liked that. But it didn't strengthen his muscles in creating the intimacy that we needed. We were both at fault in that. And um, so I think just going and, and being like, okay, I'm just going to evaluate this situation and really look at it, Lord, show, reveal anything. If there's anything that's like, yeah, it's slipping into some some unhealthy patterns that you should break now because I don't want you to be 55 and still that way. Because we want that that marriage to be deep and intimate and connected. That that is your favorite and that is your go-to person. Um, but there's not shame in it too at the time. It's like don't feel shame or condemnation. I mean, I get it. It's it's my story. But it almost felt like at times where it's like unhealthy or like an affair. I mean, it was like it was unhealthy. And then it would allow him to go off and go sailing or running or do his things. And and it and it. It kept us apart. It kept us roommates. It kept us cohabitating. And I want you to have the deep connection that I was lacking in my early years. So, Good. Did that kind of answer it? Yeah. Anybody else have a thought or question? Don't be scared. I have, I have a question. So I guess what would you or any tips or suggestions you have for, like, deepening those relationships when you initially have them? So, like, mm, that's good. this is a new season, you know, a new mm-hmm. mom. And it's, like, I definitely have noticed that shift of, like, my friend's pre-marriage, pre-kids, and now it's, like, these new friendships, and so we get together for play dates, but, like, I don't know, I still feel, like, lonely. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can always really share, or they're sharing, or we can really respond, and some of the moms I have connected with have moved away, and so, like, I don't know, any tips or suggestions you have on, like, how can you really try to deepen those relationships that you're, like, the people you're meeting? That's good. I think sometimes it's really hard to have deep conversations when there's three-year-olds running around. I mean, be real. Like, it's it's distracting and fun and whatever, but it's hard to, like, go deep in those moments. Um, I don't know if it's phone calls over nap times. I don't know if it's 
how can we pray for you? How can I connect with you? Like, what, what, do you, what do you need right now? Or I often ask, how can I love you well? What do you need? How can I love you well? And it might be that she needs you to watch her kids. I, I think, I think it, it takes time. And some relations will go deep and, and, long, and deep and connected fast, and other ones will take time, again, like a rainbow. But um, my putting out an effort and being vulnerable, the whole Brene Brown thing, you know, being transparent, being authentic, being vulnerable, like motherhood's hard. Being a stay-at-home mom is hard. You know, like maybe working part-time or full-time or whatever is also hard. And it's like, how can we spur each other on? How can I encourage you? How can I love you well? And then you hope, and then you can be like, this is what I need from our friendship. And I'll often ask, like, Rachel, like, what do you, and she'll call me when she's on a walk. She walks, like, every day at noon. So if you ever want to get a hold of her, she's on huffing and puffing, and we're talking and praying and laughing. And um, But it's like, I don't know, does that make sense? I think it's like, how can I love you well? And then I think the other thing is, like, loving each other's kids. Oh, oh, game changer. I mean, my, there's some stuff. Friends came in and loved my kids well when other people would dismiss them or not be kind or exclude. And there's nothing like touching a mama's heart by loving each other's kids. That's going to take you to a whole nother level. And then I think being intentional about spending time. And it might be a phone call during naps. Okay, I'll call you at 1.30. Because there'll be no distractions. Um, it might be, hey, honey, I need, I need to go have a, a coffee with my pal at 7 o'clock at night. Can you put the kids to bed? I do think there's intentionality, yes, too. Definitely. Opening up your heart, being transparent, loving their kids, and making the effort to spend to spend time and sow seeds into them and, and ask them what they need. Yeah. Yeah. You, what would you add? No, those are good. The only thing, the only thing I might add is uh, when you're intentional and you are honest and say, I'm lonely. Can we just get together? Mm-hmm. You know, you're not like, I'm so needy. And then they want to run away. But you're just honest. Like, I'm lonely. Can we get together? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, keep going and say, you know, I really, really do want to meet with you. Can we make another time? You know, and pushing through, that's an important factor. to Because people respond to, I'm lonely. We need to get together. Rather than, we should get together. I'm so great. And I'm all fine. You know what I mean? Because they don't see the need. But when you're honest, they're like, oh, I should do that. My friend, you know, needs connection. The other thought was every time you get together with somebody, it may not be like the sky parted. (laughs) Your needs were met. And and your needs were met and you walk away free. But, like, I think about when we eat. Every time I eat, my body was, um, you know, received nutrients and it was refreshed. And I don't even remember what I ate yesterday. (laughs) But because I ate... I'm continuing to go on. And so it's like it's an important investment is my point. Whether it felt like this huge thing, keeping at it, even though it doesn't feel like you had this deep, deep thing, you're still seeing one another and it's becoming a pattern, which is helpful. Because then there's safety is because of patterns and you feel more familiar. And it takes a lot of conversation before somebody will go deep sometimes. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is be vulnerable and be the one that will go deep first. Mm-hmm. Because the minute you do and you say that, people are like, oh, let me tell you, Mom, I have to stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or share your weaknesses, yeah. your vulnerabilities, your little areas yeah. where you struggle. There's nothing like leveling the playing field that way. Um, there's somebody I'm trying to get to know better, and she has allergies. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the hostess, but I cannot serve her anything. Mm-hmm. I have water. I did take water last time. How do you... How do you become friends with someone who literally won't eat anything that you prepare because of allergies. 
Mm. Well, my son has severe allergies, and I have some allergies too. And it's like, oh, I feel high maintenance at times. And like, if you make a lasagna, I might die. <laughs> like, please don't have me over for lasagna, though I love it, but I'll be sick. But no, no kidding aside. I would I would bring my own food. I was just going to ask her. I would I would bring my own food and 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 know that the atmosphere that you create and the love that you have for is not based on the food that you're preparing for her. And it might be a meeting at three in the afternoon where it's not about food or a, a lunch. But is is making food important to you? It sounds like you you like to bless. Yeah, you like to bless with food, and and if you can like not take it personally that she can't. Yeah, yeah. I think bringing your own food's the only thing. Like, okay, BYO, BYO sack lunch. I mean, like, bring your own lunch, and we're gonna get together, and it's all about you connecting, and it's not over the. F- I think that's the only thing. Yeah. Or she'll be ill, or she'll feel like she can't come to your home, and that's not what you want. Yeah. I'm sorry. I wish I had something more profound, no, but I, I really think exactly bringing her own food is the answer. That really is. Um, how should we close our time? I think we should pray over them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both of us. Okay. So. We want to pray over you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we really mm-hmm. do. Uh, I'm feeling like I would re- like to do one clean house kind of a prayer mm-hmm. and then maybe bless as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both get to see lots of women, and I am so grateful to be in the position to see and meet with so many women. But one of the things that I get my dander up and I get angry about sometimes is that Fear is such a liar, and fear mm-hmm. is uh, something women face and struggle with. And anxiety is riddling the church and women. Mm-hmm. And depression, and mm-hmm. it says in Scripture it's a spirit of heaviness. Mm-hmm. And that is something that comes in on women. And I am not just a speaker who likes funny stories, even though I do. I am a warrior, and mm-hmm. I would love to do some prayer about that so there'd be zero zero shame Mm -hmm. and it happens to women at any point in time so it may not be your case right now but if you're struggling with anxiety or fear or a spirit of heaviness just like a depressing feeling doesn't mean you're depressed clinically or whatever would you be bold enough to stand up and we would just like to agree together and break some stuff off of you and you realize God knows what that is Mm -hmm. he knows what category it is he knows whether you should be standing And I'm not trying to shame you. I'm just saying he knows. And so let's just hold our hands out like we're going to get rid of it for a second. I'm going to do that. And then when I ask for it to be something else, if if it's what else you need, I want you to pull it down. I'm making this up right now. But um, So, for example, if we break off anxiety, you're getting rid of it. And then anxiety can only get rid of if if you don't concentrate on your anxiety. But if you pull down peace, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to release peace. Does that make sense? So then you're going to grab for that. It's like an exchange. It's an exchange. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Father, I thank you for these women. I thank you for this boldness right now. I declare in Jesus' name that you are good and that you are right here, Holy Spirit. And so I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that those who need to just offer up anxiety to you, God, that they would just offer their anxiety because you don't want them to, but you're not shaming them. You want to make a great exchange. So I break off anxiety in the name of Jesus, and I release peace right now. Let's just pull down peace. Mm-hmm. I release peace in this room in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. The shalom of mm-hmm. God, nothing broken, nothing missing. Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace be still. Mm-hmm. To their thoughts, to their futures, to their, their um, 
things that want to go too fast. Lord, we just release peace in Jesus' name. Over their marriages. Mm, go for it. No, just I'm praying peace over their marriages, over their relationships, peace in their home, peace over their mind, peace over their bodies, their health. We just usher in peace. Father, I thank you that peace is not a thing. It's a person. You are the mm-hmm. prince of yeah. peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord, for someone who just battles with fear, I pray in Jesus' name that the perfect love of God would come in right now because perfect love casts out fear. Fear you got to go mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. I command you to leave this person in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And I release the love of the Father. Mm-hmm. How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we are called mm-hmm. the children of God. Thank you, God. Just shower each woman right now. Mm-hmm. Every woman, Lord. Just shower us like we're under a bucket of your love. Mm-hmm. The lavish love of God. I just release the love of God in this room. Perfect love casts out all fear. God, depression is not from you. The oil of gladness runs down from the head all the way down Aaron's robe to the feet. All in alignment, God. I just release the love of God and I release just a a sense of your peace, but also just just a spirit of gladness and joy. Mm -hmm. It's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. For the one who feels depressed or heavy laden or a spirit of fainting, God, like she just can't go on. We just release the joy of the Lord. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I pray mm-hmm. that something takes over her to where she can't stop giggling like mm-hmm. in the next day mm-hmm. or in the next three days. Like mm-hmm. she would have the joy of the Lord that would be her strength. That nothing funny, but just giggling, Lord. Mm-hmm. And then she would be strengthened. Thank you, God. We release joy. Just pull down some joy. Get yourself some joy. Parenting can rob your joy. Mm-hmm. No, God. We just release joy in this room. Joy. I just hear like an inside joke with God. <laughs> just like it makes you giggle right when you're yeah, in the middle you. of the grocery store. I just pray his perfect love over each of you. God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ. Like you cannot come out of his love. Like he loves you so much. So, 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 so much. And I just pray that over the next few minutes, weeks, and years, you would know the love of the Father. You would know Jesus as Savior and friend, and you would know Holy Spirit as comforter and guide and teacher, and that Creator God would minister to deep places in your heart where there's been wounds from people that we associate with the Trinity, that he would minister to deep places. And that you would be forever changed by the love of God. And I know that he created community. And he created friendship. And he created us for a relationship. And he made us better together. And so I'm just praying and, and speaking life over you, all of you beautiful women, over your children, over your households, that you would move forward in community and not alone. And that you would take risks and you would step out of your comfort zone and you would make that call. You would reach out. You would love. You would encourage that you would offer those things without like 
needing your cup to be filled, that he would fill your cup so much it would just be overflowing and you'd splash on others the love of God. And if you don't know Jesus yet, that you would come to know him as Savior and friend. I pray blessings over you in Jesus' name. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace.